no idea that that would be the last time we'd be able to get into Canada for who knows yeah. how long. Yeah, crazy. My mom keeps referring to the Canadian border as the Berlin Wall. Yeah. <laughs> sort of feels that Probably way. feels like it, yeah. Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 27, and we're calling this one, Hello, Canada. We miss you. Hello. Yes, we miss Canada because we can't go there. Why? COVID. COVID. The Canadian government has shut down the border between Canada and the United States because the United States has out-of-control COVID. Way too many cases. Too many cases. Canada is doing pretty good and they want to keep it that way. So we can't go. Right. So um, the way we like to do our podcast is we post nine photos to our Quiet Shutter Instagram account. And then we will go through and look at the pictures, talk about the pictures and tell you what they're all about, what went into that picture, what the backstory is. You can follow along on Quiet Shutter Photo Instagram either while you're listening or maybe check them out later after you've listened when you have a chance. Um, we want to thank Anchor uh, podcasting platform. They're a free podcast platform that you can find on the internet at anchor.fm or there is an app for your smartphone. It's free. It's pretty easy. You can make a podcast. If we can do it, you can do it too. So thanks, Anchor. Thank you, Anchor. Um, so this week has been a tense week, right, Bill? Very much so. Yeah, it's uh, this has been the week of the national election in the United States. And uh, the election was Tuesday. Do you have any idea why election day is always a Tuesday? It's, I don't know if it's in the Constitution or what, but it's always been the first Tuesday after the first day first in November. Monday. I think I heard them explain it the other day. The first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Thanks, Captain Obvious. It's so weird. I know. <laughs> it's the way it's written out, though. It's weird. I think I heard someone say it was like the best day for farmers to be able to leave the farm and go wherever they had to go to vote. But I don't, who knows? I think the, I think the farmers get blamed for, or yeah, they get blamed for, for the time change, yeah. which by the way, also happened this week. Yes. We set our clocks back another hour. So now that it's dark by five 30, thank you farmers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This has been a tough week. First Halloween weekend, full moon, change the time. And then a national, quietly, hotly contested election, which happened on Tuesday and still isn't resolved. This is, we are recording Thursday. Um, we normally record on Tuesday or Wednesday and, and publish at midnight on Thursday. But we kind of waited because we thought maybe we could say our new president or our next president is going to be whichever. Right. But we don't have an answer. But so we don't. It's still in limbo. It's still in limbo. They're, They're still, still counting the votes. Still counting votes. Stop counting. 
Okay, when keep I'm done counting. Here. Stop counting. No, I mean keep counting. <laughs> I'm confused. Crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's a crazy year. So we um watched the election results coming in on Tuesday. Bill arranged to have Wednesday off, which is an unusual day for him. And we thought we would we knew it would be a while before we had results, but we thought maybe Wednesday we would. And uh it just is yeah. <laughs> Incomplete. Incomplete and very confusing. And um, boy, when you watch the results, I, my, I am not a math head. I'm not a, lov- a lover of numbers and number problems. And all of the news reports are all about numbers and averages and hypotheticals is the thing that drives me crazy. And quick math, you know, <laughs> just makes my head hurt. So we decided yesterday on Wednesday, which was a beautiful sunshine, warm day, unusual for November in northern Michigan, that we would get in the car and take a drive. Yeah, they. I, this is what you would typically call an Indian summer day. I thought we were beyond that this year because we'd had some nice days last month. But man, we we're getting a streak of really nice weather here and we appreciate it. So we got in the car and we decided... We can't go to Canada to visit my family and our friends who live in Canada or go on hikes and and enjoy the northern Ontario landscape that we like to see. So we thought we would do the next best thing, which was. Let's take pictures of it from across the river. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get as close to Canada as we can and just wave to Canada and say, hello, Canada. We miss you. You know, I should have tried to skip a rock across the river. (laughs) Let's go to our pictures, Bill. Okay. So our first picture is a picture of my mother, my sweet mom, and myself. And this picture was taken uh, in March of 2020 on her birthday. And uh, that is the very last time that we visited Canada and visited my family. So it's it's quickly almost going. Time. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a year before you know it. Yep. And it, yeah, scary. Yeah, my mom was all gussied up for her birthday. I don't remember what. Eighty five. Sixty five. Yeah, that's it, right? Your mom. Yeah. Yeah, sixty five, maybe sixty six. Yeah, it was her sixty fifth or her sixty sixth birthday. It's been so long, I don't remember. <laughs> Anyways, it was great. We had a birthday party for my mom at at her church congregation in the in the family center in the basement. And her church friends and her neighbor friends and family and all of her great grandchildren were there. And uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Kids were running around being crazy and everybody was being tolerant of them. And it was a great time. But I think you and I just drove up. It was during the week, right? So we drove up. Yeah, it was like a Tuesday night or something. And we drove up. We brought a cake. We we celebrated mom's birthday. And then we had to turn right around and go back home. Right, because I, I had to work like at 3 o'clock the next morning. So it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a quick trip. No idea that that would be the last time we'd be able to get into Canada for who knows yeah. how long. Yeah. Crazy. My mom keeps referring to the Canadian border as the Berlin Wall. Yeah. 
sort of feels that Probably way. feels like it. Yeah. So um, we got in our car yesterday and we headed north up over the Mackinac Bridge. And then we kind of veered to the east shore of the UP, right? Yes. And the next picture. You want to describe this picture, next Phil? picture is a picture of Winnie um, looking out across the uh, St. Mary's River and the land mass across the river that she is waving to is Canada. Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah. It's so crazy that you can stand on the shore on, on in the upper peninsula, of Michigan, you could get in a canoe and paddle across there. Easy. Yep. This is the water you're seeing is the St. Mary's river. Right. So the St. Mary's river connects, um, Lake Superior and Lake Huron. Right. I looked up somewhere a little fact about the St. Mary's River. The St. Mary River drains out of Lake Superior, starting at Whitefish Bay, and it flows 74.5 miles southeast into Lake Huron. Did you know that? Didn't know it was that long. And the. Well, they're counting Whitefish Bay is where it starts to go that direction, apparently. Well, that's where the. The what would you call that? The gravitational gravitational pull. force goes that direction. Yeah, the flow starts there, and it um the the fall from Whitefish Bay to through the river to Lake Huron is only twenty three feet, or is that a lot? Mm. It seems like a for seventy four miles that seems like kind of a gentle slant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because oh, I think that's probably the reason why they've got the locks built into the at right. the Sioux. The entire length of the St. Mary's River is an international border. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I really was curious to look up how they patrol and handle, you know, people who are in small, you know, watercraft. Yeah, because I know there's I mean there's lots of fishing regulations depending on where you are and and some of the islands in the river are actually U.S. property, and some of them are Canadian property. And depending, they're like, might be 15, 20 feet between Sugar Island and and a couple of the other little islands there that are on the Canadian side. So it's kind of crazy how close it is. In it's spaces. so close. Yeah. And so are they patrolling all the time? or I, I think they do patrol quite a little bit. We actually, I actually saw a patrol boat when we were... They're taking pictures yesterday. Okay. So that's somebody's full-time job. I didn't want to do a Google search to find out how they handle that because. (laughs) No, some things you shouldn't search for. Yeah, I thought that might just Some things get you deported. (laughs) Yeah. So there we are. And this was, this area of um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, I think what you're seeing in this picture, the little bit of land that you see that seems closest is actually part of Nebish Island. Um, and Nebish Island is owned by the United States, but the opposite side of it is where Canada is. And did you know that people actually live on Nebish Island, Bill? Seems like I saw a flagpole over there, so I didn't realize that somebody lived there, but that wouldn't surprise me. It says that Nebish Island has a population of 80. <laughs> 80? 80 people. Wow. I, 
doesn't look big enough to have 80 people living I know. It. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah, it looks just like a little spit of land. So Yeah, it's not very big. We travel to this little area of the UP kind of, I don't want to say regularly, but we do it fairly often because in the, in the woods around this area, sometimes you see great gray owls. Right. And we, we've seen some snowy owls in that area as well, but that is the place where we have seen great grays in that area. I think that if you listen to um, our podcasts regularly, we had a podcast that we t- called You Made Me Laugh. And I think in that podcast, we had a picture of um, a great gray owl that we found in this area. And he's just peeking around a tree at us. But um, we had a great encounter with a great gray owl in this area one time. And he just hung out in a tree for a half hour or better when we drove by him and went by him again and got pictures and more pictures. And he was just beautiful and spectacular. Um, Well, we also saw a... um, what was the other owl? We were looking for the great gray one time and we saw, we saw a, a barred owl. A there barred owl. Yep. Yeah. But he didn't sit around and he watch us and, camera be, shy. and be cooperative. Yeah. Yeah. So on our trip yesterday, though, we didn't see any owls, but we did see Canada. Hello, Canada. Yep. It was just across the river. It was right there. <laughs> so we kept on traveling from. Uh, the east shore of the UP. We followed the shoreline around and ended up in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And that, in the next picture, we were um, actually on in this the Sioux, um, just about directly across from um, the downtown area of Sioux, Ontario. Right. I was really looking along the shoreline to find the art gallery where I used to work when I was in art school in college. And uh, I worked at the art gallery in the summers for a couple summers. And I was trying to find the art gallery so I could wave at the art gallery. But there was a a freighter going through and I think blocking my view of the art gallery. But we did see in this picture, um, if you look, Uh, Across the river on the Canadian side, there's kind of a long, low building. Um, It's It's almost all white. Yeah, um, big white roof line. And that building is the Canadian Bush Plain Museum, which which is, is, go ahead. It's just a really cool place. to. It's a museum, but it's a really cool place for a whole family to visit. There's a lot of history there, and it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, the Bush Plain Museum was created out of an old um, Ontario Provincial Air Service base. Uh, The building was abandoned and um, it was purchased and turned into a Bush Plain Museum in 1987. And it houses a bunch of different old Bush Plains. And Bush Plains are unique because they are rugged and they're meant to fly into places that are forested and bushy and, you know, it have to be nimble to be able to land where there isn't really um, landing strips. Well, typically none of, you know, none of the places that the bush planes fly in and out of typically have a paved runway. They might have a gravel runway, but a lot of them are just dirt or grass. 
So or yeah, on a frozen lake or you or know, or on a lake if they have pontoons, right? So yeah, bush planes often have big beefy tires for landing, or they have skis, or they have pontoons to land on water. Right. Also, bush planes are used to help put out uh, wildfires. So the the bush plane museum has a little sampling of all of that. Um, it's definitely an old warehouse, um, and we spent some time in there because. Our niece, Hillary, had her wedding there, which was really unique. Yeah, they've they've opened it up as a wedding venue. And it's a really, as Winnie said, a really unique place to have a wedding. It's really cool because there's yeah. a nice open area you can set up for your reception or your ceremony. Um, Hillary and Sean chose to get married outside on the edge of the river, which was beautiful. It was a gorgeous day in, um, I think, in August. Yep. And they got married. and. Um, have their reception inside, but then all of your guests are free to roam around the museum and check out the airplanes. And some of the airplanes you can actually, you know, climb up and get in them and see what they're like. And it's fun, really fun. Yeah, we had, we were, uh, we were able to take pictures for them and uh, we did get some really cool pictures of the bride and groom in one of the bush planes. It was, that was fun. Right, right. So actually, Bill, if you, if you click to the next picture, I already did. I'm ahead of you. It's a picture of Hillary and Sean on their wedding day in front of the Bush Plain Museum. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a fun day. That was really fun. It was um it was kind of a crazy day. On top of being their wedding, it was some kind of a civic holiday in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and there was a parade. Do you remember that? Yeah. And there was a if I remember right, there was also like a live band that was playing Right after the parade, too. So it was there like, was a lot of activity in downtown like Sault Ste. Marie. Competing Ontario. noise going on that yes, day. Yeah. yeah. As yeah. we were trying to get to the wedding venue at the Bush Plain Museum, we got stuck behind the, the parade. Yeah. We were like bringing up the end of the parade because I'll never forget the, the float that was in front of us. Now, maybe this was after they were done with the parade and they were the floats were heading back to their cars or, or their staging area. But there was a float in front of us that was the LGBTQ rainbow. Rainbow pride. Pride. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they were having a good old time on that float. And and they were fun. But we were just so worried we were going to be late for the wedding. Yeah. That was that was a little touch and go to get to the wedding. At yeah. Time. And we yeah. were um, we did photography for the wedding, but we also participated in the ceremony. My mother was the official officiant. And Bill and I both were up front and taking part in the ceremony. And I remember when the ceremony started and Hillary came up the aisle and because there was so much going on in town, there was a couple of little sirens going off. And As she was coming up the aisle. Yeah, yeah. And she gets to the front and she, she mouths the words to me, this is a real shit show. <laughs> Anyways, it was beautiful. It was lovely. So, yep. So there I was yesterday on the opposite shore in Sioux, Michigan, waving at Canada by the bush plane. Just remembering all the things that went on in the bush plane. All the people we miss. I mean, thank God for technology. We get to visit with my family, um, you know, on online, either just chatting or sometimes FaceTime and 
Hillary and Sean now have two little boys, Hudson and Kingston. And we haven't seen them since March. I mean, no, they're probably twice as tall as they were. By the time we get to see them in person again, we're probably going to be shocked at how much they've grown. Yep. We have seen them a little bit on FaceTime here and there, but you know, it's always, it always is amazing to see how quickly kids do grow and their personalities change and they're, they grow. Yeah. They grow up. Yeah. They typically get tall and lean and, and yeah, it's just really hard for me to believe that it's going to be over a year before we get to, from the last time we saw them in person until we get to see them again. Yeah. So anyways, onward we went a little further into the Sioux. Now in Sioux, Michigan, um, if you drive along Portage Avenue, I believe it's called. I think so. Um, you, dr- you follow the St. Mary's River around and um, on the on the U.S. side, there is um, a locks system. I think Bill mentioned this already. Um, and it's where big freighters um, transition from the St. Mary's River up into Lake Superior or, or downward. Or the other way, yeah. Yeah, going to Lake Huron. Yep. And in Sioux, Michigan, you can stand, you know, almost right on the edge of the river and watch these ships going through the locks and it's pretty impressive and those um the freighters are huge yeah they're they're amazingly big yep so we happened to be driving along portage avenue and there was one of these big lake freighters going through it was called the mishpacotton it was a canadian freighter and there was uh, men who were working on the ship but they were up on top i don't know the right names for the starboard side or the <laughs> they were on the top side of the boat they weren't underneath the boat they, they were, were on the top outside and they um they were i think they were enjoying looking at the town as much as yeah they were on the top deck they were on the top deck and it was a beautiful day yeah and i think they were sucking up the sunshine as well as everyone yeah. else around it's got to be hard work to work on one of those big freighters yeah apparently it's a really lonely life living on those yeah, and our Great Lakes are huge. Yes. You know, Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, Lake Huron. When you're out in the middle of those lakes, it's got to feel like you're just in the middle of the ocean. Oh, I'm sure. You know, yeah. it's... Um, and although yesterday was a beautiful, calm day, those lakes can churn themselves up pretty wild. Yep, they certainly can. Yeah. So my dad, when he before he was married to my mother, he got a job working on... Uh, Canadian steamship line and I think he said he lasted a week he went out he hated it he couldn't sleep he was they had bunks and you were kind of sandwiched in there with he felt like no air to breathe yet had a little um airflow thing like you get on an airplane you know that you have to adjust yeah and uh he, he didn't sleep the whole time and when they got back into um the Sioux they dropped a little uh, um, hanging ledge over the side of the the boat and said, okay, now you got to scrub the side of the ship. And he somehow got off the boat and, and walked away. <laughs> said, nope, I'm done this with this. This is I'm not, not for me. coming back. I, you know, I think it's really good money, but I think it takes a special kind of person to be able to work on those. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Freighters. So this guy looks like he's looking over the Berlin wall at us waiting. Yeah. 
they do have on the on the American Sioux side, they do have a lot of fencing along the shoreline there. So you can't just jump into the locks or into the water and get across. It's pretty right. it's pretty No, contained. there's a pretty good barricade there that you can't just yeah. But this guy was close enough that we pulled over. I rolled down my window and I said to Bill, do you think I can get this guy to wave? And as I said that, he started waving. <laughs> but then I grabbed my camera and I said, do you mind if I take your picture? And he said, no, sure. I said, can you wave again? And so he gave me a big wave and I snapped his picture. So we even got to talk to a Canadian yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this was a big, big boat. Um, if you go to the next picture, Bill, this okay. is the tail end of the boat yep. as it was going, making its way through the locks. Yep. I snapped this picture for one thing to see the scale and the size of the boat, but also because it had a nice big Canadian flag, flag hanging the off the end. end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I looked it up, the Mishpacotten Lake Freighter. It's a Canadian-owned freighter. And its job is primarily to transport taconite from Marquette, Michigan, to the Algoma Steel Plant in okay. the Sioux. It can carry 22, let me see if I can say this right, 22,300 tons of taconite. Wow. The More um, than a handful. More than a handful. The ship is 690 feet long. Wow. It's a big. It, when it went through, I thought it's got to be empty because you can tell with those freighters right. when they are empty, they're standing practically out of the water. They're just like bouncing around on top. But when they're loaded down, they really are skirting right. some, some deep water. I think that it, reading that that's what they do, they must have they must have been um had been to Marquette, dropped their taconite load at the steel plant, which is on the on the east, no, on the west side of the locks. And then perhaps they have to go through the locks in order to turn around. I would guess that's probably exactly what they had to do. That seems like a lot of screwing around. You know, they may even have to go, because they came from Marquette, Michigan, to Sioux, Ontario. Oh. They may have to go through the locks and back through to be inspected before they sure, go back. Sure, by some kind of border patrol. Yeah, because there's probably a whole restriction on international water there as well. So, What is taconite? Do you have any idea? Um, no, I don't. I, other than it's like an iron ore type of material. I should have looked that up because yeah. I have no idea. I don't know, but it must be something that they're using in steel production and must be must be something important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and apparently there's a lot of it in Marquette. There's a lot of mines around that area that people don't even realize what they're doing mm -hmm. all the time. And there's actually um, quite a few of the mines are actually owned by the Canadians now that are in that area. Yeah, I know that we've seen uh, like a fairly new mine in the UP that's owned by a Canadian company. It was quite hotly disputed as to whether they were going to let them mine there. Right. They are. Right. They, they are. are so. um, but I don't think that that particular mine that we're looking at is the only one that the Canadians own right there either. Oh, probably not. And, you know, mining is, is a big industry in Canada, all across Canada too. Yes. And they mine for a lot of things. Uh, probably a lot of the components that go into making steel, but also they mine for gold and diamonds and... Right. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of really interesting Precious things. metals all over yeah. the place. Yeah. 
So the Sulaks are operated by the U.S. Corps of Enge- Army Engineers. Am I saying that right? U.S. Army, Army Corps, Corps of, of Engineers. Engineers. Yep. And the locks enable ships to tra- travel between Lake Superior and the lower Great Lakes. Um, I've never gone on a Sioux Locks tour, but I grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and that was a popular tourist activity. Have you ever done it? Nope, I never have, but they still do them all the time. Oh, yeah. They have a little like ferry boat that they run you through the locks so you can you you get in and they lower or raise the water depending on where you're going from and to and it sounds yep. kind of cool yep do they do that just in sioux michigan or do they do that in sioux ontario as well there's a little locks in the sioux but it's not like a commercial lock system right i, I think it maybe it's more for like might ple- be just for pleasure boats. pleasure boats yeah. pleasure craft i yeah. don't yeah. Yeah, it's not as big as the ones on the American side. No, the the ones sure. on the American side are the big commercial industrial. Right. They keep things going. Right. Yeah. So the next picture, the next picture is a picture of the International Bridge. Right. So this is the International, the Sault Ste. Marie International Bridge. Um, if you look it up on Wikipedia, it says that the the bridge joins the twin cities of Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Twin cities. What do you think about that, Bill? Twin cities only in name. That's what I would say. Because they are total different cities altogether. And countries. And countries and size and culture and culture. And yeah. Everything. Like, yeah. I don't know that you could find two cities more different. Um, both cities have universities. Uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario actually has a fairly large community college and a small university. Sioux, Michigan has a mm, smallish to medium-sized university. university. Our son went there for a minute. Yep. About a day and a half. <laughs> Just like your dad on the Just on like the my freighter. dad on the freighter. Nope. I'm surprised nope. he didn't throw a ladder out the window and crawl out. And- <laughs> Not today. Of course, the snow was that deep enough. Then he could have probably just jumped out in the snow. And Are you talking away. about Andy? Yeah, giving up on Lake yeah. Superior State University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that was not his home. <laughs> Short-lived, you might say. Um, so yeah, Twin Cities. I, you know, I, I've grown up, of course, with people referring to the Sioux as Twin Cities, but they could not be more different. And it's kind of surprising that, um, two cities that are divided by a river connected by a bridge could be so different, but the people are different, different accent, different uh, culture, just different attitudes. Everything is different about the two Sioux. Yeah. Sioux Ontario probably has, well, at least three different languages that are spoke there all the time, probably five or six now. In Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, yes. there's a very large Italian population. There, um, yeah, there's, there's French, French, there's uh, quite a large Asian population, I believe. And yeah. there's, yeah, there's a lot of diversity. East Indian. Yeah, yeah. there's, there's quite a few. Different- there's a little diversity in Sioux, Michigan, but it's more um, First Nation. And right. I, right. I'm not yeah. sure, you know, I obviously didn't live in Sioux, Michigan, but 
just everything about it is is different than the Sioux. Yep. When the Sioux, they're both the Sioux. Um, when I was growing up, my parents had really good friends that lived in Sioux, Michigan. They were church friends. And occasionally we would drive over the bridge and go and have dinner with the Catavas in Sioux, Michigan. And it just felt like you were going to a different world. Like as a kid, it was just, it seemed exciting and a little scary and you know like what? a big adventure. I never realized they lived in Sioux, Michigan. Oh yeah, they lived in Sioux, Michigan. I thought they lived in Sioux, Ontario. No, um, um, Mr. Catava worked in at the steel plant. So he drove across to the Canadian side every day to go to work, but they lived in Sioux, Michigan. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it, when I was a kid, my dad had one for a while. He had a Mercury Meteor car and it was the worst car he ever owned. And it was always <laughs> a problem. And I remember one of our trips to Sioux, Michigan was in the winter and Sioux, Michigan has a lot of driving uphill and downhill. Yeah. And the stupid car stalled in the middle of a hill, Oops. in the middle of traffic, and we couldn't get it going. And I was always such a little worry wart weenie kid. And I was just so afraid that we were going to be stuck and we'd never get home. And <laughs> here we were in a whole different country. And looking at back at it as an adult, there was no need to be that frightened. But I was, I was yep. not impressed. <laughs> No, no. So did you know that the International Bridge was only built in 1962? Wow. You and I were born in 1963. So the International right. Bridge was only one year old when I was born. To me, it's been there forever. Yeah. I mean, it has been there forever in my lifetime. But right. But uh, well, when we went across the Mackinac Bridge yesterday, we were... You were, were saying something about, I think that was completed in 1959. So, well, no, yeah. Isn't that interesting that the Mackinac Bridge was completed before the International Bridge? Right. Yeah. And before that, both, both, uh, they use car ferries to go back and forth across the border. Correct. Also, at the International uh, Crossing, they, you could cross by a car ferry or by rail on a train. Right. Because there was a railroad bridge that crossed the river. And in this picture, if you get a chance to look at it, you can see the old rail crossing bridge. Yeah. Do you see that, Bill? Yeah. In the picture, there's. I'm always impressed with that. I wish Are I, I wish I would have saw trains go across it because in the middle of that bridge. Yes. Is a swing section. Yeah. And they would turn the cars around depending on which direction they were going one way. Well, or also they had to be able to clear the, the waterway right. for boats and freighters to go through. Yep. So that had to, that had to be contended with. Right. So now if you, when you look at this picture, you see the bridge, which is painted green, the arch in the bridge, which there are two. You only see one in this picture is painted kind of a pale yellow. But the train bridge is below the bridge, and it just looks like rusty metal. Yeah, that's basically because that's what it is anymore. Yeah, I don't know if it could still be used, I if it's ever used. or I, I almost wonder, because the railroad that runs through the, the northern, um, northern in the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, yeah. is a Canadian rail. So maybe so maybe occasion, they still go across there. I don't know that I've ever seen 
a train on the train bridge, but but it's still there. You'd think if it was out of commission, they would dismantle it. They would just take it, it down, I would think. Of, yeah. It's yeah. not pretty. I don't no, think it's, it's pretty. No, it's a bit of an eyesore, but... But you said you're always impressed with it. I am impressed with the mechanics of it. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So um, we drove into the parking lot of a um, apartment complex to take this picture. And it's fairly new apartment complex, or maybe it's condos. I'm not sure. Um, but you can see in the picture that they've got a pretty high chain link fence with barbed wire at the top. There's a sign on the fence that says, U.S. government property, no trespassing. So again, they do not want you to get into the into the river there. Nope. I have some explaining to do if you get caught going across that one. Yeah. But the people who live in those apartments or condos have a really beautiful view of the International Bridge. Yep. Now, to the left of the bridge, you would see um, the Algoma Steel Plant which is the hub of industry and commerce for Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. It's the steel town. Um, it has seen its ups and downs over the years, but it um, is the main cash flow for Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. And it is not a pretty attractive site. <laughs> no, it's very industrial and it stinks and it's dirty. It's got yeah, big chimneys that spew Typical out. steel plant stuff. Yeah. 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 But yeah. the Sioux wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the steel plant. Nope, that is the business in town. Everything flows around it, right. that's for sure. Right. I don't particularly appreciate Sioux, Michigan as a destination to just go and, and love hanging out. But we've not also not done that because when we head north, usually we're crossing the bridge right. and going to Sioux, Ontario. So, I mean, if the border is kept closed much longer, maybe that's something we should do sometime. They, explore some of the i don't know <laughs> or not or not we'll see when we first looked you at this just torture yourself yeah when we first looked at this picture bill you pointed out that the traffic on the bridge yes yes the typically this bridge has several thousand people going across it every day and going both directions and yeah, most uh, of the time when we go to the Sioux. You get stuck in a line of traffic when you get to the other side waiting, well, on both sides, waiting to go through your customs booth. Right. Um, yeah. And it can sometimes, like you say, it can be either direction. Sometimes people going into the States or going into Canada either way. But And it's not know. uncommon for that line to be backed up way onto the bridge. Oh, yeah. We've been... Thank goodness it's never been a, as big a deal for us. We've lucked out, I guess, but we, you know, your relatives talk about it quite a bit that there are days when it's, it's backed up from one side to the other. Right. And in this picture, I can see two semi trucks. In Canada, they would call them transport Transports. trucks. Transports. One's going into Canada and one's coming out of Canada. So currently, you have to be deemed an essential worker to be able to cross the border from the United States into Canada. And you have to prove that your reason for being there is because you are um, conducting some kind of essential service. And so pretty much only semi-trucks are what's crossing the bridge these days. Yeah. And probably primarily the Canadians are using it to cut through Michigan to get to Southern Ontario because it's so it's just so much quicker to yeah, go. You can't do that now through the states, and you can't do that. Yeah, so, yeah. 
some trucker drivers are really hating their lives having to go down the two lane highways to southern Ontario. I wonder, though, with I mean, regular people can't cut through Michigan to go to southern Ontario, but maybe they're letting the transport trucks do that. I'm not sure. I would guess. I think I think they are, because I think I've still seen some of the Canadian trucks in Michigan on the highways occasionally. So. But they are being very, very, very careful. Yep. To keep control of COVID-19 in Canada and keep their numbers low. So I don't think that border is going to open for. No, it might be a year from now, the way things are going. That would be sad, but it, it might be, be where we're at. Might be where we're at. So um, I'm going to just pause for a second here. And we should talk about uh, when we take a little day trip like that, our little car trip, mm-hmm. um, we don't necessarily follow our good healthy eating plan in life sometimes we don't and yesterday being the day after the election with all the stress that's out there for americans right now we just gave ourselves license to be eat junk food we were binge eaters we were binging on mostly chocolate binge eaters we had coca-colas we had candy bars we had a bag of chips <laughs> We had pasties for lunch. Well, we did have a pasty. That was the closest that was our thing healthy to choice of the day. It was a vegetarian pasty that we got in St. Ignace and it was delicious. Yeah. But then after that, we thought we probably ought to have some coke we had to and make some up candy for that crazy stuff. <laughs> healthy eating. I even think we have some candy bar left because we bought more we, than we bought a lot one. of it. <laughs> and we both looked at each other when we were in the Sioux going, we need some chocolate. And there's a whole bowl of chocolate on our counter. At there home. was Halloween Not candy Halloween at home. Candy. <laughs> but it wasn't with us. Nope. So yeah, purchase we did make. Yeah. We did a total binging. We binged candy. We binged soda. We binged chips. And we binged some podcasts. Right. Listening. We had a lovely day. It was a great day. So after the Sioux, we kept driving west. And we drove through an area called Brimley. Um. Brimley has a, a really nice state park. We didn't go down into the state park, but we just drove through that area. We did find a little spot on the, were we still in the St. Mary's River here or was, was this? Yes, it's where it starts to open up um, into Lake Superior, but I think this is still technically the river. So we stopped and got out of the car to get a picture because, um, and I've made it very obvious in this picture. Did you notice that, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> In this picture, when you look across the body of water to the other side, which is Canada. Hello, Canada. Hello, Canada. We miss you. You can see windmills. And I have um, added some embellishment to the picture to make it quite obvious where the windmills are. Yeah, this is a huge windmill farm just outside of the Sioux. And why I was excited to see it is because my mom lives not very far from this wind farm. And so... We were kind of looking across the across the border to my mom's house in a way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, they built this wind farm in 2006. Um, and my mom would tell you it's, oh, yeah, off the Allen side road. Yep. You know <laughs> Have you one. heard her say that? Oh, if, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Off Allen's side road. Yeah. And that's Allen's plural. Allen's side road. Say that three times. Ellen's a side road. No. <laughs> um, and I couldn't be more proud of them for doing this. There's um, guess how many windmills are in the wind farm? The yeah, wind farm. 
Over a hundred. There are 126 windmills. And it's called the Prince Wind Farm. And it's because it's in Prince Township. I see. Yeah. Off of Allen's Road. Off of Allen's Road. You know the one. Allen's Side Road. Yeah. Um, I read a little bit about it. There are the 126 windmills. There's a... um, Oh, what do you call a tower that gives you um, weather information? A weather tower? Now, there's another name for it, but there's meteorology. a meteorology. A meteorology tower. And um, and then there's two like electrical substations. Yeah. That are that, part of that, that whole. That would be part of the where they actually send the power to that's created by the wind turbines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in reading about it on Wikipedia, it said that in Ontario. You can see the windmills as far west as Pancake Bay. And we've talked about Pancake Bay on our podcast before. It's up near the um, pictograph rocks. Um, When I was a kid, we used to go day camp up at Pancake Bay with my parents. And uh, but you can see these windmills from the American side for quite a ways. Yes. Yep. Because as we drove along the lakeshore going west, you could continue to see these windmills for quite some time. Yep. Now, whereas the old train bridge, I think, is an eyesore, these windmills don't bother me at all. I, I kind of like to see them. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, I'm always impressed. In southern Michigan, when we go downstate, too, I know the people who live around them whine and complain, but I'm always impressed with windmills um, Windmills even more than solar panels, I think, and that, you know, they're just... Clean energy. Clean energy. Yeah. It just seems it's a statement of progress as far as I'm concerned yeah. in the way we should be capturing energy. I don't, and I don't find them to be unattractive. I mean, they're light colored, they're white, it looks like. And and on the horizon, you has to be a really beautiful, clear day like it was yesterday for you to even notice them. Yeah. And the sky yeah. was particularly blue yesterday. So they did stand out. A lot of times the sky is is more white and then you don't even see them. Right. Yeah. I know there's a lot of critics out there that say they kill birds and they're noisy and all that. And they cause cancer. Yeah. I just, <laughs> all of that's just uh, somebody, somebody that's not collecting money on them. I think that's complaining is what that's all about. But my mom and her neighbor, Kathy Santama, went on a tour of the windmill farm, uh, I think with the senior center. And uh, I can't remember what my mom said about, they talked about that you know, they inspect every day for dead birds or whatever. And there's sure. rarely, sure, rarely dead birds. And there's a ton of migratory birds that go through there. So you think if it was a yeah. problem, they would know about it. I mean, I heard somebody say one time, do you ever see a bird fly through the woods? And they're just so nimble at flying through branches and thick wooded areas. And like, really, a bird's just going to smack into a windmill. You know, they yeah. don't smack into moving branches when the wind is blowing. So, right, right. Come on. They're running into a windmill prop. It's because they want to kill themselves. <laughs> do you think birds do that? Suicide. Yeah. Stressed <laughs> from boating. Kamikaze yeah. hawk. <laughs> I'm going to get that three winded, wings looking ugly thing. <laughs> I have to mention in this picture, too, what a sport my husband is. For doning the uh, Canada Olympic headband for the picture, it was actually hot on my head yesterday. the 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 headband was hot. Yeah, or your well, head it was so warm. 
Yeah, I put it on a few times, but I couldn't wait to take it off. It was, it's, that's a nice warm headband for winter. Yeah. But not on a day that's 60 degrees and sun shining. But hello, Canada. Hello, Canada. <laughs> we miss you. Yes. I think this is actually the last picture in our series for the day. Yep. I think so. Um, we continued on going west. And we ended up at Whitefish Point. Um, I wanted to see full on Lake Superior. And, uh, and you were gracious enough to say, okay, well, let's just keep going. Even though now with the time change, you, there just isn't that much light in a day. To- no, it's crazy. We, we got to Whitefish Point at like 3.30 in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, we just were like, man. We better not stick around here very long. It's going to be dark and we're going to have to drive for two hours in the dark to get home. And we were just talking recently about the next time we go up to Whitefish Point, we should we should scour the shoreline for agates. Right. We didn't even go on the exact shoreline because no, we got out of the car. We went to the viewing area of the lake. We said hello to Canada. That may have been the freighter we saw in the locks, quite honestly. Yeah, I don't know. There's a freighter in this picture. This picture is a picture of me waving across Lake Superior to Canada. You can't even really see any land, can you? No, no. Lake Superior is a beautiful, huge, big lake. And uh, unusual to see it like it was yesterday. Fairly calm. Fairly calm in November. Yeah. In November. Because you can get 20-foot waves on that lake in this time of year. You know, when the gales of November come Come early, early... Yeah. Watch out, Shirley. <laughs> so at Whitefish Point, there is a um, shipwreck museum and a whole um, a whole group of buildings that are historical. Um, it's a it's a great place to go. And if you're touring through the UP, um, there's it's also a um, very popular place for bird watchers to go because it's a it's a a popular bird crossing area. Um, we saw some birders there yesterday with their big lenses on their cameras. And yeah, there was three of them that were, they were taking pictures of all kinds. They were just little tiny birds they were taking pictures of yesterday. But yeah, apparently that particular area, I know they do a lot of, um, they net birds at night, like owls and stuff. And ban there them. And ban yeah. them. Yeah. In that particular area. Um, but this was the first time we've been to Whitefish Point in about two years that I didn't feel like I needed a head net or bug spray. Right. We were at Whitefish Point earlier this year um, with our friends, Dan and Abby. Do you remember that? Daniel? Yeah. And yeah. that was in August. That was in August. And yeah. the mosquitoes were still so bad. They would just, oh my God, we were running from, from the car to the yeah. building that had the restrooms in it and yeah. back to the crazy they were, and we were all so bit up in that short amount of time and just opening and closing the doors to the car mos- a bunch of mosquitoes got in the car and oh they were awful They're yeah i think we all piled there. back into the car and spent five minutes killing all the bugs that were flying around in the car it was, it was crazy. awful yeah it's too bad too because it's such a beautiful place there it is gorgeous but when there. it's buggy like that it's really hard to enjoy it yeah now if you if you go down onto the beach. The mosquitoes aren't that bad right by the water usually. Yeah, there's usually enough of a breeze on the beach itself that you don't have any problems there. But, so it's um, popular for birds. Yep. And it's also popular for rock hounders because yep. you can find agates. 
And I'm sure we have seen agates. We just don't know what we're looking for. We don't for. know what they look like other than that we've been told that they look like the shape of a potato, which there's only about 4 million rocks on that beach that look like a potato. Right. But if you cut an agate open, they're beautiful inside. Yes, yes they are. Someday we'll find one and we'll be happy. Yeah. Some people slice them and incorporate them in stained glass and every like they're really they coveted. They are fascinating. So, yep. Yeah. But we didn't, we just didn't feel like we had time to 3.30. The sun was already sitting no. low in the sky if and we'd have brought our headlamps yeah but you had to work the next I, day I'm we kidding. didn't want we to be gone long but we wouldn't want to do that we anyways. actually drove further yesterday than we probably thought we were going to when we started out so um the one uh, attraction that draws a lot of people to that whitefish um, point area is there is a shipwreck museum there and um the white Fish Bay area is known as the Shipwreck Coast on Lake Superior. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the most famous one there, obviously, is the Edmund Fitzgerald. But yeah, um, there are hundreds of shipwrecks that have happened. It there. says that um, there are at least 200 known wrecks off the shores of Whitefish there. Wow. Um, so, and the Edmund Fitzgerald, of course, being the most famous, it sunk 17 miles from Whitefish Bay, and it um, the the ship lays on the bottom of Lake Superior and they estimate about 530 feet underwater. Whew, that's down there. Yeah. And everybody on the ship died with the ship that. Yep. The, and yep. I remember that storm in November when the Edmund Fitzgerald went missing. And then of course we found out sunk because my best friend in, um, in the Sioux when I was growing up, her name was Kim and her father worked on the, on the Canadian steamship lines and he was out. Um, I think that his boat got to some kind of safe harbor. But I know that her family was quite concerned. And they all of them were concerned because there was this one boat that had not been accounted for yet. And I guess it had had given a distress call. And then they heard nothing. And um, and so this is where the Edmund Fitzgerald went down at the Shipwreck Museum. They have the original bell from the from the ship. In their, in their museum, they have a little memorial outdoors dedicated to the Edmund Fitzgerald. Um, do you so, think that this song is, as the you know, the song by Gordon Lightfoot about the Edmund Fitzgerald is as popular across the country as it is in the Great Lakes states and yeah, I don't know. Ontario? I don't know. Maybe next time we're in Bozeman, we'll have to call up the radio station and <laughs> right. request it and see if they, they'll See go, if anybody's ever heard it before. You want to listen to what? I mean, the words of the song is, is such a depressing droning on song. Yeah, it just not, seared in my memory. Not a good song to listen to if you're having a bad day. It's not It's not a song you can dance to. No. <laughs> yeah, but you can often just see all kinds of freighters passing by here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I'm. It's a great place to go and, and observe, you know, yeah. freighters and animal, you know, birds. And it is a nice yeah. Nice destination. I, you know, I wish we could have spent a little more time there yesterday because it was such a beautiful day, but it was getting late. Yeah. So we waved across the lake to Canada and then we ran and jumped back in our car and headed home. Headed down to, went through Paradise, Michigan, Michigan, stopped and got some potato chips. That's right. Paradise, Michigan, <laughs> little tiny town. Um, and yeah, I can see why they named it Paradise. It is pretty it's gorgeous a, yeah, there. Yeah, if you love Lake Superior and you love wild, untamed country, um, if you're not necessarily uh, 
dedicated to having good cell phone service or Wi-Fi reception, right. then it could be the place for you. And if, if you, if it is, there are lots of places for sale. Oh yeah. The, the little, what is that? Probably a five mile trip between paradise and whitefish point. And there must've been 50 places for sale. Yeah. Between cottages and lots right. for sale on the shore right. of Lake Superior. And half of them were sold or sell pe- sale, sale pending. pending. Lots yeah. of sale pending. People are buying that Lake Shore. I don't summer. know. You know, I would not be a good economist to predict how trends will go and whatnot, because I would not have thought that during a global pandemic where many things are shut down and, and people are worried about the economy, that real estate would shoot up. But man, even in the area we live right now near Boyne City in northern Michigan and evidently in the UP, property is selling like hotcakes. Yep. Those people who have money will always continue to make money by buying and selling stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of property for sale. There is. Yep. So if you want a little slice of paradise. Yep. Go to the paradise store and you might get a little slice of COVID because no one wears a mask there. <laughs> the little store in paradise is kind of an interesting little halfway grocery store, halfway tourist stop, halfway gas station. <laughs> yeah, there's a, definitely the last gathering spot for a while there. It's only 15 miles from the Quamanon uh, Falls, which right, is a right. big tra- attraction there. Right. There's a lot of snowmobile traffic there in the winter. Right. Because it tends to have a lot of snow. Kind of quiet this time of year because yeah. the fall leaves are gone and snow hasn't started yet. So well, it's, it's what kind they of call in, the between. in between season. Yeah. Yep. And the couple of people that we did see in the little paradise store, um, there was a television set on and they were giving election results, of course. And uh, a couple of men were standing looking quite forlorn. Yes. As they were watching election results. So things weren't going their way. No. Anyways, at that moment. But really, as we stand even right now, which is Thursday at 1230, we still don't know. It's still a toss up nope. who's going to win the election. So. And just before we started this podcast, they said some of the states may not be calling till so, tomorrow. And maybe even next week. Some One of them, them will be next week. Yeah. Unreal. North Dakota. Or North North. Carolina, North Dakota, North Dakota. Oh. <laughs> I could have another told you, place you might catch COVID if you. <laughs> I could have told you how North Dakota would go two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, we shouldn't get into politics. But but, let's not get into that. Yeah. But in any case, um, that's a different story for a different day. Yeah. So this was our last picture. So we like to end our podcast with the picture that got away, the picture we missed, or the picture we wish we would have gotten. Um, can you think of a picture that you wish we would have taken yesterday that we didn't, Bill? Mm, well, the one that pops in my head um, is probably we didn't really have an opportunity to take the picture, although I would love to take. There was a lot of eagles yesterday. There was a around. lot of eagles. And I don't know if they were migrating or what, but, you know, we saw Seven or eight eagles yesterday. It was quite. quite but did a you few notice they were all flying? None of them were perched. Right. Well, that's what we watched as we were driving slow a few times, thinking, "When are they going to land? They're going to land." But nope, they were just moving. Yeah, I think that there maybe was some migration happening or something. We, did, but boy, there's nothing. There's nothing more regal and spectacular than seeing a full-grown bald eagle flying in a nice blue sky. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty spectacular. Two or three times yesterday, we saw, we'd say, oh, there's an eagle. 
And then it was like, oh, there's a second one. There was yeah. two of them together quite often yesterday. Yeah. A couple times even you stop and stopped and swung around. And by the time we would have gotten a camera on a lens on them, we they were gone. Right. Right. So there was it was a beautiful day. Yep. Just I guess I would agree with you. I, I wish we would have gotten some eagle pictures yesterday. I wish we would have gotten a picture of my mom on the opposite shoreline waving back at us. Maybe we should make another trip. Talk her. <laughs> get Kathy Sanma to take her down to the mall. Right. Stand right. on the fishing pier, cross, and we'll take their picture. And get a set of binoculars and we'll get our binoculars. <laughs> and some walkie-talkies. Yeah. How about well, we, a cell phone? We can phone. talk on a cell phone. Yeah, as a matter of fact, when we get, were... If you can get your mom to turn it on. Right. If I can get my mom to turn her phone on, and if our phone will let us make a, a phone call, because when we get close to Canada like that, we always get a warning message on our phones. Oh, it'll let you make the call. It'll yeah. just cost It's going to charge you $15 a minute or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we get a message that says that we're roaming and that we're bouncing off of Canadian towers. Yeah. That's how close we were. That's how close we were. Yep. The sound waves got us across from Canada. <laughs> yeah, right. They're probably tracking your every movement. Yeah, most likely. So next week we should know how the election ended up. Like, you know what? I shouldn't even say that. There's going to be lawsuits <laughs> and there's going to be ongoing. We may have a different story about the elections by next week. <laughs> But to be for now, continued for on that story. Yeah, to be continued. For so, now, we yeah. should. It's another beautiful day, so we should go enjoy the sunshine again. Let's get outside. Yes, I suggest you do the same thing. Yeah, I hope everybody gets out and suck in the sunlight and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening in. Yeah, and remember, we're all just good human beings. It doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you are on. We can all enjoy a sunny day together. Definitely. See you next week. Goodbye.